Let's take our Bibles and turn to Philippians 2 as the children are being dismissed. Philippians 2. And uh, I have something. Thank you so much. I do have it. Appreciate that very much so. Philippians chapter 2. Now, Pastor, no one came and claimed the glasses. It could be for two reasons. Number one, they cannot see if they're their glasses or not. Number two, they were playing at the bottom of the hill and they haven't come back. I'm just... Throwing that out, you know, perhaps they couldn't make it up the hill. You know, you're talking about over the hill. That's perhaps is the case. Philippians chapter 2, Philippians 2. Did you have a good day? Uh, you know, the Lord is good all the time, isn't he? And uh, whether we have good days or bad days, and uh, we need to understand uh, something from this passage. Now, earlier on Sunday evening, we were in Philippians 2, and we went through the mind of Christ. And uh, recognizing the mind of Christ needs to come from the inside. Allow the mind of Christ to be in you and to flow out. And uh, because he's the servant, he's humble, he's obedient. And uh, we cannot duplicate the life of Christ. We have to have the life of the Lord Jesus in us. Now, tonight, we're going to uh, get into the Philippians 2 and, uh, uh, and continue on with uh, another verse there. And uh, as well, let me say just before we do, uh, it is good to have my uh, daughter-in-law Mercy uh, with us uh, tonight and the hairiest grandbaby you've ever seen. And uh, cue the sneeze there. And uh, so uh, Jackson, and you'll be able to meet him uh, afterwards as well. Uh, Philippians 2, if you would, let's stand out of respect of God's word. Find verse 12, the Bible says this. Philippians 2.12, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not, in my, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Again, I want to point out each time, what does it not say? It does not say work for your salvation. It says work out. So allowing the deliverance from the Lord to come from the inside, working its way out to deliver us from the power of sin. In verse 13, the Bible says, For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Then we get to our text for tonight. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. My, aunt, my wife asked me, what are you preaching tonight? I said, I'm preaching on complaining. She said, oh. <laughs> uh, the title of the message this evening is Conquering Complaining. Conquering Complaining. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Father, we need your help. Would you please give it? And Lord, I ask um, that you would help us. We need grateful hearts. We need to uh, have the right perspective with our problems and our difficulties. And Lord, we need your help supernaturally, both to be saved from our sin, but also to live the Christian life. So Lord, I pray those here that do not know Jesus Christ, that they'd be saved tonight. Then Lord, I pray as well for each Christian here to see that we can conquer the sin of complaining through the Lord Jesus in his power. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. You know, oftentimes we put sin in categories, or at least on a scale of saying this is something very bad or not so bad. Now, we would recognize and we would admit quickly that all sin is sin, and to God, all sin is bad or evil. But it's still hard for us to comprehend and come from our perspective to see sin as bad 
even just to a certain degree, as bad as God sees that sin to be. Uh, obviously, some of them sins have more um, social ramifications. Which would you rather be lied to or murdered? You say, well, that, uh, there's social ramifications there, obviously. So there's different social uh, impact, moral impact, um, and of course consequences, and those type of things with sin practically here on earth, and we would understand this. But we need to recognize this tonight, that when we look at the sin of complaining, we don't always see it as that, and we don't see it as bad. And so, therefore, we don't see it when we're actually doing it and see it as a sin. But before you can conquer complaining, you need to see how terrible it really is. And we're going to recognize tonight, only through God's help can we obey the command to be thankful and to do all things without murmurings and disputings. Let's look at the, this passage here and uh, this verse, and then we'll look at several others tonight as well. Look at the command in verse 14. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Want to say it out loud together? It says in Philippians 2.14, ready? Do all things without murmurings and disputings. The idea here is this murmuring and complaining. This, first of all, we're going to recognize this. The sin of complaining is worse than you think. Number one, the sin of complaining is worse than you think. (laughs) It is worse than you think. You see, it's a clear command here. Um, It says to do all things without murmuring. What would this murmuring be? It'd be kind of like a muttering. Uh, A secret debate is what it means. A a secret displeasure, a grumble, to, to say something in a low tone. It's one of those words that uh, sounds like it is, kind of like buzz, sounds like a bee buzzing. Murmuring sounds like it is. Want to try it? Let's all just say the word murmuring on the count of three, and when we do so, just say it in a low tone, not with a high inflection, just a low tone. Ready? One, two, three, murmuring. Ooh, that was good. Do it twice in a row. Murmuring, murmuring. You do that really well. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's easy to murmur. It, it could be that low tone under, oh, why do we have to do this? Not again. <laughs> it can come out in so many ways. Complaining, I learned this from evangelist Bill Rice III, is saying anything in a negative manner uh, where the, the, the person to whom you speak cannot do anything about it. They cannot change the circumstance. Saying anything in a derogatory manner where the person to whom you're speaking cannot change the circumstance or do anything about it. So if I say, why does it have to be so sunny? <laughs> Typically, we don't say that. Why does it have to rain? Or why is oh, it so hot? Well, I do that to you, and you can't do anything about it. Now, we can still as well complain in our spirit towards God in a wrong type of attitude. Uh, we can understand that too. But the idea here is this matter of complaining, saying something negative. But the idea of murmuring can be internal without being spoken out loud. And I didn't realize that until I got into this study. It can be internal without being spoken out loud. The Israelites, they murmured, but oftentimes they may not write in the face of Moses. Sometimes they murmured in their tents. (laughs) It's interesting. Ecclesiastes talks about what you say in your bedroom, 
Don't talk about the king and don't talk about this person and don't say bad things about here because a little bird. You know, we say we have the little phrase, a little bird told me. That's where we get it from Ecclesiastes. Is this bird could come out and fly. You know what? Your words uh, make an impact or even just that internal displeasure and that low tone of, ah, oh, I am not satisfied with my circumstances. You see, it's a sin, but it's a sin that's socially acceptable. Um, the thing that we'd like to say today is, really? Really? <laughs> you know, in a tone of sarcasm and complaining. You got to be kidding, not that. Oh, man, why does this always have to happen to me? All of these things are, in a way, just ways to verbalize an inside displeasure with our circumstance and ultimately with God, who's in control with our circumstances. Anybody would have the right to complain about my job. <laughs> Anybody would have the right to uh, say something negative about this particular thing. You know what? It's amazing. In all of the trials that Job experienced, he lost his, um, his sheep, his flocks. He lost his, all his other animals. He lost his children, their wives, and he was down to barely anything. And then he was, a, as well, he experienced boils and uh, these different, um, these things that would be all over his body and from the head, top of his head, down to his foot, the sole of his foot, there would be pain and excruciating agony. And yet, through all this, the Bible says, in all this, Job sinned not with his lips. We have our drink <laughs> served to us and it's not the right temperature and we complain. <laughs> and here is Job and he goes through so much. Now, what are the reasons for this sin of complaining? What are the reasons for it? Well, certainly we forget that what we have has been provided to us from God. God has provided everything that you have. Your clothes that you have, the house that you can live in, the car that you can be able to ride in. Perhaps it's not even yours. You say, uh, it's a car that you can be able to get around in. You got in here tonight. I don't think it was a horse and buggy. Um, we're driving here tonight, uh, and we took, you know, because of traffic through Nashville and such, we took another route, and it took about an hour and 35 minutes to get here. And um, we're, we're going on road, one road, and my wife said, um, <laughs> she said, how, how long will we be on there? I said, we'll be on there a long while. Then the GPS said, turn in one mile. She said, this is just one mile. I said, well, get out and walk, and then you'll see it's, <laughs> it's very long. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, you know, we, we have a lot of good things, don't we? And we forget that all the things that we have, the vehicles and all of this, is provided from, um, from the Lord. It also comes from a focus on temporal instead of eternal things. Look not on things that are seen, but on things that are unseen. For the things that are seen, they're not eternal, are they? So the things that are temporal are these things around us, our stuff, your bank account, the money that you have or that you wish you had, all of these things. Perhaps it comes from selfishness or self-indulgence. It comes with an anger towards God of how someone mistreated you and he allowed that to happen. How this circumstances 
took place and that bitterness has grown in your heart and your life. You don't call it that bitterness, but it still is. And it comes down to ultimately being unsatisfied with God and how he is providing for you. And that is one of the reasons why sin, the sin of complaining, is so bad. But it is a sin, like he said, that goes unnoticed. Murmuring, uh, when we, don't, uh, we, we do so when we don't understand authority. Uh, look, if you would, at Numbers 21. Uh, we're going to turn in the Old Testament to a couple of passages in Scripture. Numbers is fairly close to the, the beginning of the Old Testament, Numbers 21. Perhaps you don't understand authority. You're like, why, why does authority have this rule? Why do my parents have this rule? Why does this employer have this thing that, that, uh, that I uh, have to do? Well, uh, Numbers 21 and verse 5, it says this. It says, And wherefore have ye made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place? Now look, Egypt wasn't great. <laughs> they were slaves in Egypt. They were forced to make uh, and build things and make the brick and everything for Pharaoh. Do you think it was easy? No. Do you think they had everything that they, had, they could desire? No. Were they mistreated? Yes. And they're saying, why did you bring us out of Egypt? You know, at least we could eat there. You got brought us to this evil place. Verse 5, it is no place of seed or of figs or of vines or pomegranates. Neither is there any water to drink. And boy, here they are complaining and they're questioning the authority of Moses that God has used to be able to bring them out. Young people complain about the rules. But so do adults. <laughs> we complain about the rules. We don't. We talk about when, when, when it's someone underneath us, you shouldn't complain about the rules. And then we're like, wow, the speed limit is 25 here? <laughs> what? Who can go 25 miles an hour? Is it possible to go that slow? You know, we complain uh, about different things. You complain about your parents, perhaps behind their backs. You complain uh, about the spouse at certain times. And you complain about uh, a, a job or you complain about different things, even of authority. And you need to say, Lord, help me not to be that complaining person. You see, murmuring uh, also when you do not feel that your needs are met. Perhaps in, in Acts chapter 6, verse 1, we won't turn there, but here are some, that the widows and different ones that, that were in need, but they're starting to complain. You know, why aren't people taking care of me? Why isn't the church doing this for me? And why can't this happen to me? You know what? Maybe you have some felt needs. And some things are going un, uh, unmet by the, perhaps the service of others. But are you complaining about it? You know, we talk about young people complaining, but those that are older can complain as well because of the circumstances. Murmuring when those under your leadership are giving you a hard time. <laughs> Maybe you do have a, an employer that um, is <clears throat> unsaved or you're, they point you out because you're a Christian. You know, at that point, you have the opportunity to show the grace of the Lord Jesus and love and forgiveness to be able to be a shining light in this dark world of those all around that are unsaved. 
Murmuring can come from hanging around the wrong people. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 is to keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. And it goes through of uh, of have your eyes look right on and your uh, eyelids look straight before and your feet are going to be in the right path. And it says, and I will um, put away uh, from me uh, words or let me read it here so I don't get the incorrect, uh, so I don't get quoted incorrectly. But it says this. Um, put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Now, I used to think it was talking about you saying that, but I don't think it is. As regarding our heart, regarding what we see, regarding the places we go with our feet, but we're also guarding the things that we hear. And so it says, put away from thee a perverse mouth and perverse lips put far, a forward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. So I don't want to hear that type of speech. I'm not going to hear that all the time on that YouTube channel. I'm not going to hear this on Facebook and social media. I'm not going to, if I'm at work and I don't have to work and be by this person and I can go over here to a different station or I can put some ear things in so I don't hear the string of cuss words, then I'm not going to put myself into that conversation and just have that constantly be around. You know, that's the idea. But here is the matter of complaining as well. You know, complaining is like uh, fire. It catches on. The the Bible says of the tongue in James chapter 3, it's a world of iniquity. It's a fire. And it's set on fire of hell. And what, What happens with the fire? It catches and then this little, this one is just complaining over here. Then another is complaining. Now you have three complaining. Now there's five. And now, now the whole church is complaining about this and complaining about that. And it spreads like wildfire. Someone else said this. It's like bad breath. They said bad breath. What do you mean? It says you notice it when you hear it on somebody else. Uh, or, but you don't notice it when you have it. <laughs> uh, you notice when someone else is complaining. Oh, they're complaining. But you don't notice it when your own complaining. You notice when someone else has the bad breath. Woo, okay. Everybody's going to have mints afterwards. <laughs> Maybe have mints that take care of the complaining as well. <laughs> you know, it is a sin against these different things. It's a sin that's unnoticed. But can we recognize tonight, it is a sin against God himself. Numbers 14. Would you turn to Numbers chapter 14? Perhaps you're still there in the book of Numbers. Numbers 14. Numbers 14, verse 26. Numbers 14 and verse 26. Numbers 14, 26, the Bible says this, And the Lord spake unto Moses and said unto Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear uh, with this evil congregation which murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel which they murmur against me. Um, Say unto them, As truly as I live, saith the Lord, as ye have spoken in mine ears. So will I do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness, and all uh, that were numbered of you, according to your whole uh, uh, number, from twenty years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Do you see that God hears and he recognizes? And he says that you have murmured this uh, against me, and says, Doubtless ye shall not come into the land because of this. Here they have murmured against God himself. 
The Bible says this in Exodus chapter 16, verse 7 and 8. Listen to these verses. The Bible says, And in the morning when you shall see the glory of the Lord, for he that uh, heareth your murmurings against you, he heareth uh, murmurings, uh, murmurings against the Lord, and what are, what are we that we, you murmur against us? And Moses says, This shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the, in the morning bread to the full, for all that the Lord heareth and your murmurings, which he murmur against him, what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. Moses is saying, you keep murmuring against us. God's hearing it, but your murmuring is not against me. It's against the Lord. Ah, you're complaining about that teacher. You're complaining about the, that employer. You're complaining about the pastor. You're complaining about this, whoever. <laughs> Would we recognize the sin is against God? And you're not murmuring just simply against that person. You're murmuring against the Lord. You're complaining against the Lord. What would you say to the Lord if he came and said, look, you, you're murmuring, but not against these others. You're murmuring against me. Would we admit it? Would we confess the sin and say, you know what? I haven't been what I ought to in this area. You see, this is a command with consequences. Terrible consequences. Notice if you're still in Numbers, uh, in verse 14, verse 30, it says this, Doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which I uh, swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb, the son of Jephna, and uh, Joshua, the son of Nun. Only Caleb and Joshua. Everybody else, you're not going in. There are people um, that could not go in. Uh, there's so many that would, would we recognize there's a, a sin against God. Numbers 11 and verse 1 uh, says this. It says, And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled, uh, uh, kindled and the fire of the Lord burned against them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. Fire actually came and consumed them. Why? Because they murdered no. Why? Was it because they were, um, they were um, committing some type of sexual sin? No. It's because they were complaining. They were murmuring. What an incredible thing. Did you realize this? There are more people that died in Scripture from the sin of complaining than any other sin. Think about that. More died in Scripture Recorded in scripture from the sin of complaining. Number 16, 14,000 died. Would we recognize that this sin is a terrible sin? 1 Corinthians 10, 10 says this, Neither murmur ye as, the, um, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. You know, this is a, this is a bad thing. We need to recognize it. Jude, um, boy, he is just um, very clear that there is ungodliness that needs to be confronted. And in this small book of Jude, verse 15 and 16, the Bible says this, to execute judgment upon all and to convince all of their ungod that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. 
Talking about the mouth. And it says in verse 16, these are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts. And their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. You think, wow, he's going to really let them have it. Ungodly people out there, what are they doing? Are they, are they doing this and committing this crime? And they breaking the law over here and they murdering people here and they're stealing this? No, no, no. They're murmuring. Ungodly. Of all their ungodly deeds and of all their ungodly speeches. Complainers. You see, really, we have to allow the Word of God to, to do its work in our heart and our life, to allow the Holy Spirit to convince us that this sin is really bad. It's a important command, but it almost sounds like an impossible command in Philippians 2. Do all things without murmurings and disputings? Do all things without murmurings? How is that even possible? We see, first of all, the sin of complaining is worse than we think. But let's notice, secondly, that the source of contentment is closer than you think. The source of contentment is closer than you think. Would you turn back to the New Testament, to Philippians, if you would? Philippians chapter 2, we'll start there. We'll go to some of the verses we saw before, then some other passages and, and verses in Philippians. Philippians 2, verse 12, the Bible says this, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God keeps bringing this verse up, doesn't he? I was not a plan on my end to begin with. Maybe this is the key verse for our revival meeting this week is, for it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. The source of contentment and the source of being grateful like we ought to and uh, be it not complaining is closer than we think. Like that flower, the source of the beauty is always inside. It just needs to work its way out. The source of life and the source of victory is inside of you. He is the Holy Spirit who can live out the very life and person of Jesus Christ. His victory. Was Jesus mistreated and yet he went like a lamb to the slaughter without complaining? He did not um, uh, revile. He did not use his tongue to lash out. Christ gives us the victory through Christ. Uh, God gives us the victory through Christ, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 57. And this victory is possible. Now notice in verse 14, again, it says in Philippians 2, 14, do all things without murmuring and disputing. Turn, if you would, to Philippians chapter 4. Look at Philippians chapter 4. Now, I love this. Philippians chapter 4, and beginning in verse, um, we'll start in verse 11. For Philippians 4, the Bible says this. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I've learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be what? Content. Here it is. I don't, uh, complaining is wrong. That's the sin. Contentment is where I need to be. Okay, and then it says in verse 12, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I, he says, okay, I'm commanded to be abased. That means to be brought low. I know how to abound. That means to be full and just overflowing with so many good things. 
But it says everywhere and in all things, we could almost say in everywhere and in both things of abased or abounding. When I'm low, or man, everything's, I'm on top of the world and things are going great. You know what? In both situations, you have to go to your source. Because we saw Israel, when things are going well, they turned away from God. We see people, when things are going badly, they turn away from God. So we go to our source, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who gives us the contentment and to help us to be both full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things, both of these extremes, through Christ which strengtheneth me. There it is. It's do all things without murmuring. I can do all things through Christ. The Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 5. It says that giving thanks always also for all things. Here it is. We need to recognize that the Lord Jesus Christ must live in and through us. Now look, if you're here tonight and you do not have Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're not certain about the matter of heaven, then you're not going to have the victory that you need in the Christian life. You're going to still be discontented, grumbling, complaining. You say, well, I'm going to try, to try to do better. No, trying to do better is not the way to do it. It's you stop and you trust the Lord, the Jesus Christ, in you to do it. Now, if he's not in you, you can't have that help. You can't have that victory. So the first step is to recognize, hey, I need to be saved. I need to trust Jesus Christ, first of all, to save me from the penalty of sin so I can go to heaven. Then I say I trust him each day, not to get saved again, but I trust him each day now to live through me and to get victory over this sin and victory over that area and to be able to have victory over the flesh in this way. The Bible says uh, uh, this in 2 Corinthians. In fact, let's turn there. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I love these these verses about victory that comes through Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and find verse 14. 2 Corinthians 2, 14. Thank you for turning to so many passages of Scripture tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, the Bible says this, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the Savior's knowledge by us in every place. God is making a way for us to have victory. It is thanks be unto God, which giveth us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ, it says in, in the 1 Corinthians. But also in 2 Corinthians, look at chapter 9. I love This was a passage of scripture for me this morning in my devotions. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. It says this, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Do you think that's a good enough (laughs) uh, provision? Do you think that's a good enough source? Always, all things, all sufficiency, all things again, every good work. Here it is, God's grace able to do this. And you know what this is in context of? Of giving. Do you want to, um, you know, sometimes I probably should have a message that says, how, how, much, how blessed do you want to be? 
Because it says, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. But he said that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. I remember one time I was in a service. I was, went to a conference, and it was a hard time. We had cancellations, and the offerings that we did have, it wasn't sufficient or whatever. And literally, I had $1 in my pocket. Now, that wasn't the only dollar we had. I've never been where this is my last dollar. You know, somewhere, uh, savings or retirement or something, there was something, maybe I couldn't touch it, but uh, there was something. But as far as, like, oh, want to go buy a hamburger? No, I can't. <laughs> want to buy a soft drink? No. Coffee? No. <laughs> Stick of gum? I might be able to. <laughs> but I had a dollar. You know what I was doing in that service when they took the offering? I was arguing with God about that, about that stinking dollar. <laughs> Lord, you know we need stuff. I didn't want to give the dollar. <laughs> it's just a dollar. Yeah, but when that's all you have, you know, to spend right there, that's a pretty big deal. And I, I, to this, I can't remember if I gave the dollar or if I didn't. I don't remember now. Man, was I grudging? Yes. <laughs> I was complaining in my heart, not outwardly. And I was arguing over a dollar. You know, oftentimes we're in this position, <laughs> sometimes because of the consequences of our own doings. You know, we've been in other situations where we needed money, but we were not complaining. We were knowing that God was going to provide. And then while we were praying towards this, God said, okay, you need this. We want you to, I want you to give. Um, we needed a new truck, and we were down to just a few thousand dollars to be able to get it. And we had been praying, and God was just providing miraculously to be able to purchase this, this truck that we needed to pull our trailer. And then the Lord said, give so much away. <laughs> and I said, you sure? <laughs> and yes. And so I surrendered that to the Lord. And when I did, it was joyful. It was the most exciting giving because I knew as I gave God would give back. That's what he promises. And he would provide and supply all my need. You see, so here we were, and uh, we needed this. And so I told the kids about it. I told the kids, hey, God um, wants us to, to give some money away. And so they knew that we were praying for the truck. We, they knew that we needed, you know, however many, you know, thousands of dollars still for it. And so they said, so we need money for the truck. Yes, we're praying that God will provide the money for the truck. Yes. And we're going to give money away. Yes. Okay. And then <laughs> they're just joining in. And uh, so we said, let's pray as a family. Okay, who can we give this? You know, let's give so much to our church. Let's give this uh, above. You know, this is above and beyond the tithe. You know, we'd, we'd given uh, to that and to, to, to what we needed to for the church. But now it, this is just way above and beyond. And we were so excited. Hey, we could give to that person. We could give that. And now we're like, maybe we could give more. <laughs> You know what God provided? He provided for us. You know, the Bible says, my God shall supply all your need. During COVID this last year, we had um, incredible 
times of God's provision. And I had one of those, another days, I had a day where I had three cancellations and none of the pastors were going to, didn't say anything about taking offerings or anything in cancellations. And I was just kind of down about it. And I'm walking uh, to, to go get the mail. And I'm just praying on the road, on the Bill Rice Ranch, you know. And, and I get a, a letter, two of them. And one was just a generous gift. And then another was, was a kind, thoughtful gift. And the person giving it gave that verse, Philippians 4.19. And I called them up. I said, thank you so much for your gift. That was so thoughtful. But do you realize Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. That's really in this scenario is not for me. It's for you. Because you're the giver and I'm just the recipient. Did you know that that verse is for the giver. And you're promised, as you get from this grudging, complaining, fighting God over a dollar, to this cheerful giving, you can recognize then that God will provide all of your needs. And His grace is always there to help you abound to all the things in every good work. The, the source of contentment is Jesus Christ in and through us. Would you see, number one, the sin of complaining is worse than we think. The source of, of contentment is closer than you think. Number three, the secret to conquering <laughs> this is a step of faith. The secret of conquering complaining is a step of, a step of faith. It's a step of faith I believe, with thanksgiving. Look, if you would, at Ephesians chapter 5. Everyone look there, if you would. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5 and verse 20. Talking after the Bible in context, it says, Be not drunk with wine or in his excess. Look at Ephesians 5 verse 20. What does the Bible say? It says this, Giving thanks. What's the next word? Ready? Giving thanks. Always for how many things? All things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I remember reading that. I said, that's impossible. I call this my impossible thanks. <laughs> you know, thanksgiving needs to be given. So you, you say, well, I'm thankful. Yes, but you have to verbalize it. I have thanks, but I have to give it. So that means there's a recipient. Our thanks always ultimately goes to God. That's why we have thanksgiving. We celebrate that. We give thanks to God. And that's why the world changes it to Turkey Day. Because they don't have a recipient for their giving of thanks. They want to take him out of the picture. God is our ultimate one that we're thanking. But here it says, giving thanks always. It's like Philippians 2.14 do all things without murmuring. It's like Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ. It's like all of these other verses, 2 Corinthians 9.8, always having all sufficiency. Here is, it says this giving of thanks. How can we do this on my own? We cannot. So it must be a step of faith. So here I am, I'm in complaining. But I need to be content. You know, um, contentment is just being satisfied it's really this, not just being satisfied, but contentment is 
wanting what you already have. That was so helpful to me. Contentment is just wanting what you already have. And we go to the store, oh, I want that, and I want this new device, and that that new digit thing, and that new instrument, and that new gun, and that new sewing machine, and that new whatever, and we always have to have more, and always more. And contentment is just saying, Lord, I, I desire what I already have. I've got enough. I have everything I need. I'm satisfied. But how do I get from this complaining to contentment when our circumstances don't match my inside desire? There's a step of faith saying, Dear God, by your spirit, I'm going to take a step of faith to trust you with thanksgiving. This step of faith is saying, Dear God, I am going to go ahead and give thanks by your spirit, by your strength, not on my own. Uh, there was a time I was at the Bill Rice Ranch and I was getting ready to get into our van. And <laughs> Brother Sizey remembers our van. And uh, I get into our van and tried to start the van. Now, our van had a little game. It was guess when I'm going to start game. And it could be 30 minutes or it could be three hours. It could be three days. My wife said, I'm not taking the van to, to town anymore. I said, come on, honey, live by faith. She said, you live by faith. <laughs> and so I went to the van and it wouldn't start. I mean, it wouldn't click. It wouldn't begin to get the starter engaged or anything. It was just nothing. You know, I'm like, ah, oh, the, the van won't start again. So I thought, that's fine. I'll just take the golf cart. We're on the Bill Rice Ranch. It's like 1,300 acres. So it's huge. So we have a golf cart. So I get on the, the, um, the battery-powered golf cart, and I start to go up the hill, and it's going... You know, I had to turn around and coast back down the hill because I thought, the batteries. I, wait a minute. I, I plugged them in all night. The batteries are dead. You know how there's six of those in there and how expensive that is? Oh, man. Now the batteries are dead, and... Golf cart's ruined, and a van won't start. Uh, the golf cart's not working. That's fine. I'll go ahead, and I'll just walk. So I walk, and <clears throat> it's one of those days of 99 degrees and 150% humidity, and, uh, uh, and I do what I need to do. I come back, and I'm red. I'm, I'm sweaty. I'm hot, you know. And I, that's fine. I'll just go in the air conditioning of the trailer and sit down and cool off. And the air conditioning was broken. And I'm sitting in there, and I'm just sweating, and I'm complaining. <laughs> I'm, oh, why? This is a terrible day, you know. <laughs> Grover's awful day. And you know, it's you got the 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 truck and uh, the car, the van, and and the golf cart, the air conditioning, and and I knew I was complaining. I knew a sin, and I needed to be content. I knew I needed to confess it. So I said, "Okay, God, I I'm sorry." Please forgive me for my sin of complaining. That was sincere. But nothing really changed. You see, oftentimes we confess things, but we don't see the victory and the change. Then Ephesians 5.20 came to mind. Giving thanks always for all things. You know, what I need to do is I need to thank God for these things. So literally, I walked outside. (laughs) I pointed at the van that would not start. And I said out loud to God, I said, God, thank you for the van that will not start. 
And you think, you're being sarcastic. I wasn't being sarcastic. I really was not. And something happened in my spirit. There was a lift. I'm like, oh, things aren't so bad anymore. I pointed at the golf cart with the bad batteries. I said, God, thank you for the batteries in this golf cart that doesn't work. And again, I was, I was fine. I was, I was uh, joy just came. And then I'm pointing to the top of the trailer, and I said, God, and all the neighbors are looking and say, I told you he was crazy. Look at him. He's out there pointing and talking to, you know. I'm pointing to the top of the trailer, and I said, God, thank you for the air conditioning that's broken. And I went inside, and I sat down in the trailer, and it was as hot as can be. (laughs) And nothing had changed, but everything had changed. Nothing on the outside changed. Everything right here did. I said, God, it's okay. If the van doesn't work, golf cart's broken, AC needs fixed, it's okay. Just uh, hours later, there was a, one of the guys on staff, and he came to try to fix the air conditioner. He took the, the, the cover off the air conditioner, and he, I can still remember he put his hands on his knees like this as he looks down and he looks up, he says, I have no idea what's wrong. <laughs> and then uh, I'm down below in the trailer and, and he's up above and he said, I, hey, go um, flip the breaker off and on. I said, well, I already did. He said, do it again. I, I, off and on. Okay. How about now? No, no. He said, well, turn the air conditioner, the thermostat off and on. I said, I already did. Do it again. And uh, so I turn it off. I turn it on again. The fan would work, but the compressor wouldn't kick on. Well, the fan was working. I feel it. Okay. Then I hear the hum of the compressor, and then I feel the cool air. I said, it's working. It's working. I said, what did you do? What did you do? He said, nothing. <laughs> I didn't touch a thing. You know what God was doing? He was waiting for Chris Miller. Are you going to stop complaining? Are you going to give thanks? Okay. I'll fix it. Click. And to this day, <laughs> it's been working all of these years. <laughs> you know, God provided, I don't know how, but someone heard about the golf cart, and we got a check for $500, which covered almost all of the, the batteries. God was so good in that. But then there's the van. <laughs> the brother Sizey tried to get started. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, uh, and they said, well, we need to sell it. Well, you know, maybe we could go just give it to the, you know, the pound or, you know, whatever. They just, what is it, a pound? <laughs> you give the animals, give the, yeah, the scrap card. Okay, thank you. <laughs> or the pound, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and uh, so I was giving give like 250 for, for it. I said, oh, well, I don't know. You know, maybe you should do that. Then I found somebody that wanted to buy it. And I said, how about 500? They said, okay. And I'm telling my kids, my oldest son, I said, yeah, I guess someone that's going to buy the van. $500. Are they on drugs? Is what they asked. And I said, no, no, no. He says, fine. In fact, we, we got it started and everything. And, and we're doing the, uh, the, the deal. We're getting ready to exchange the money and sign the bill of sale and everything. And it stopped running <laughs> during the sale. I looked at him. I said, you still want it? He said, yeah. We had to use his truck to jump it. And he jumped it. He bought it. I said, don't turn it off until you get home. <laughs> and, but we got $500 for that. And in your parking lot is a little blue used car that we got that's 100% paid for. Your God's good, isn't he? Even when our circumstances are not. You know, I, 
didn't realize I was that much of a complainer until I got married. <laughs> My wife said, do you realize you're, you're complaining about that? She's been a help. But it has to be the Holy Spirit to show us not only the need. You see, sometimes we think it, again, it's just what we say. But it's that displeasure on the inside as well, that low tone, even that unspoken displeasure of just... You know, you can go from this to victory and contentment and satisfaction and gratefulness and conquering the complaining in your life. Do you need to be saved tonight? Trust Jesus Christ to save you. Then he can help you in this area and all the other areas of your life. But then as well, if you have then make the decision say, Lord, I'm going to take a step of faith to trust you and say, God, even if my circumstances don't change, I'm at school and things are bad. I'm at home. Or I'm at work. Things are bad or I don't have what I need. I'm going to take a step of faith by the power of your spirit. And Lord, would you help me conquer this complaining that I cannot do on my own? Let's bow for prayer. I ask, ask you, Lord, to help us in just a very obvious and a clear way. Lord, work in our hearts. Help us to yield to you tonight. And dear God, help us. And Lord, help me. Again, you've shown me the need and you've also shown me the source and the provision. And I confess just my need of you to have a grateful spirit and to give thanks always. I can't do that on my own. So Lord, would you help me as a, as a dad and a, a husband, as a, a man, to, to be what I ought to be. Lord, also I pray that you'd help my friends here and my brothers and sisters in Christ that they would as well. With our heads bowed, with our eyes closed, if you're here tonight, you say, Brother Miller, there's one thing I, I do know is I'm saved. I, if I died right now, I know I'm going to heaven because I've trusted Jesus. If you've trusted Jesus and you know that you're going to heaven, would you slip your hand up and up and down? That's wonderful. That, that's me. That's great. Wonderful. You can place your hands down. Let me ask, would you need help? Are you concerned about the matter of heaven? Is that something you say, hey, I need that first? And if that's not clear, would you just allow me to pray for you? If you're here and you say, would you pray for me? I'm not saved or I don't think I'm going to heaven. Um, I don't think I've trusted Jesus before. If that's true for you, any of those scenarios, would you say, would you pray for me, preacher, tonight? I'm not saved, or I don't think I'm going to heaven. I don't think I've trusted Jesus. If you don't think so, would you slip your hand up and let me pray for you? Okay, thank you so much. Anyone else? Anyone else? Let me pray for you as well. I'll certainly pray for this one. Let me ask next, who here would say, Brother Miller? You know, when I started the message, I didn't think... It was that big of a deal or that I was guilty, but I can see either inside or spoken on the outside, um, I'm not, I'm displeased so often, I'm, I'm not contented. And tonight I need to conquer complaining in the spirit and I am going to trust the Lord to be able to be content even if my circumstances do not change. That's what I need to trust the Lord about. 
God's spoken to my heart. Would you uh, allow the Lord to work in your heart that way? If that's true, would you raise your hand? Say, that's me. God's spoken to my heart about contentment, about trusting the Lord in that area. God bless you. So many hands. Praise the Lord. That really is encouraging. Very encouraging. Would you look this way? When you look here, would you tonight, if God's spoken in your heart, just find a place to pray about that and just give that to the Lord. And just in your mind, even physically, think, okay, Lord, I'm taking this step. But Lord, I'm taking spiritually a step of faith, trusting your spirit to have that contentment when all the other circumstances on the outside do not change. And as others are coming to pray about the, these things, if you're here and you're unsaved or uncertain about that, I will pray for you, but me praying for you does not save you. If you'd like to talk to someone, then you can respond as well and talk to them at the front. Pastor will be here, myself as well. Would you do that? Everyone standing, let's bow for prayer. Father, thank you for working in our hearts. I pray you'd help us to simply and quickly respond, but to do so by faith, to trust you as Savior. Lord, I pray for this one that needs to be saved. And Lord, I pray that you'd help them to understand the need and the urgency in which to trust Christ. And Lord, I pray that you'd help them to trust you tonight. Lord, I pray as well that uh, you would help each one that raised their hand, so many that really say they, they need you and your help to go to this place of contentment. So Lord, I pray for your grace now in each of these lives. Would you please help in, the, uh, in their decisions tonight as they pray to you. With their heads bowed, with their eyes closed, God spoken to you, and you raised your hand. Would you step out and come as the pianist plays? Would you step out and come? Find a place to pray about that. If you're here and you say, I do, I do need to know for sure about the matter of heaven. I need to know for sure about being saved. We'd like to help you with that. That would be a, a great privilege. Pastors here, myself, anyone here. There's a, a man or a, a lady near you. If they can help you, we'd love to help you. I know some... You raised your hand, but you didn't respond. Why don't you just find a place, perhaps it's near you, in a seat, right there. Just have a seat and just pray about that. God bless you. Good.